Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at Wheel Talk Podcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. I love that. God, I love that. <laughs> What's that off of? Do you know? Is that The Simpsons? Little uh, little Ray Zelensky. Ray Zelensky. You don't know? I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Dan Ack- Dan Aykroyd is the actor. Oh. Ray Zelensky and what the movie is. Any ideas? Uh, the only Dan Aykroyd movie I know is The Blues Brothers. So You don't even know Ghostbusters? Come on. Oh, uh, it's guess- not it's not yeah. Ghostbusters, but yeah, they love that. That's off Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman in a little coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Batman in a little coat. <laughs> Um, hi Ryan. Hi Becca. How are you? I'm doing all right. I uh I had a show today, so I had a farmers market. Did you know that? You didn't even look at Instagram today, did you? No. <laughs> I'm like, I shared this on Instagram. You just your face was like, what? You had a show? It's on, on a Wednesday. Wednesday? <laughs> Yeah, so I did the Fort Thomas Farmer's Market. It's like 10 minutes up the road. Uh-huh. Um, I took a half day off work and then went over there. And did you make sold. any money? Yeah, I sold about 820 bucks. Fucking shit, man. And the booth was like, I think I paid 35 bucks for two weeks total. I hate you. Or maybe it's 35 bucks per week. I'm just saying that I hate you so everybody else can hear it verbally. Um, because that's what they're all thinking. Spoon rests, people. Gotta get those spoon rests. Somebody wrote me on Instagram this weekend. It was like, fucking spoon rests. I killed it. Like, I started putting spoon rests out at this show, and they sold like crazy. I should make spoon rests for Who knew? Thoughts. Yeah, who yeah. knew? I mean, I'll be honest. I have one of your spoon rests, and I use it frequently. Yeah, I mean, I sold, I sold 16 spoon rests. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Seven mugs. All right. Yeah, so that's my night. Um, I am on the track to restock some as Becca pours another glass of wine. <laughs> um, I'm on the track to... Uh, I'm trying to restock some mugs, so I'm on the Becca track. Not quite the Becca track. I'm on, like... I don't know. What would you call it? Like, I've got ten days to finish mugs yeah because well actually you got a little bit okay if you ship them out by the 18th they're not going to get there by christmas no no no. i'm not shipping them i'm trying to get them for my last show oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah so i'm trying to finish them um i just threw them before this i threw about 16 of them and they're red clay or speckled clay so they're going to dry quicker 
Um, so when I wake up tomorrow, I'll probably cover them in plastic until I can add handles to them. Plan to add handles tomorrow, and then probably put them in the kiln on Monday. Maybe, I don't know, I'm going to Louisville this weekend, so maybe Sunday. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm trying to restock some because I'm, like, out. I just, like, stopped making speckled mugs for some reason. Um, and then the oil bottles, I stopped making speckled oil bottles for a bit, so now I'm, like, actually out of them or close to out of them. So I'm on the path on this condensed schedule of getting things finished. So we'll see if that yeah. happens, but that's the goal. Cause I'm always worried that like I'm out of something and I have a show coming up where I'm like, damn, if I had those things, I'd probably sell like four or five of them. Like if I had these speckled white mugs, I'll probably sell like four or five of them between she now and the end is. So I'm like, let's get these things restocked so I can sell them because I can sell speckled white. I can sell the like, this copper and whatever other color like i'll sell those pretty good so i'm trying to get get them in stock by my last show of the year so we'll see i want to do an experiment one day on a show that you like are you know that's going to be good and then i want to sell your shit and see if i sell worse because i'm a bad seller and i want to see if like so you, you want to do you want to do worse yeah, I want to experiment. <laughs> you want to waste a show for me? Are you going to pay for me to be there, too? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you won't be there. You don't want I me to won't. be there at all? No. What? Like, you choose how to set up the booth and everything? Yeah. Like, you're going to choose what goes in my bins, <laughs> what you take. You're going to go set it up. Yeah. You're going to communicate with the organizer. I'm representing RD Ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do the buddy show? We should set up a buddy show. The buddy show? I mean, you mentioned it. We need to do it. That's the... Give give people a a little quick... refresher. A buddy buddy show show is that you have to sign up with a buddy, and you're not allowed to sell your own stuff. Your buddy has to sell your stuff. So, like... Are you sharing a booth? No. You have two separate booths next to each other. So you can't, like... You can't answer questions about your stuff or anything. But, I mean, you could yell across the booth or whatever. But, yeah. And um, so, like, me and Ryan would be buddies. And I would sell Ryan's stuff and Ryan would sell my stuff. (laughs) I think that would be so much fun. That would be fun. I mean, I feel like I could sell your stuff good. Yeah. Uh, Um... I don't know how you would sell my stuff. I'm curious what you would say. Probably or... better than you. I'm kidding. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> the buddy show. How would the you buddy. say, like, you're not allowed to sell? It's not like you're... Sp- the idea is you're not splitting a booth. You are... Your own entity. You're on your own island, but you have to sell the other person's stuff. Yeah. I mean, you have to sell. Do they set up? Do they set up? They set up their own booth. They they set up their booth. Okay. Yeah. They set up their booth. All you're doing is swapping booths. People within the booth. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to happen. It's got to. We'll do it. That's definitely definitely interesting. I think it's, it'd be fun to talk. Would you advertise it that way, too? Yeah. The customers? like. 
called hey, the buddy show. buddy show. Yeah, <laughs> the buddy show. <laughs> the accountability buddy show. <laughs> and they have like the go-to list of like, what clays do you use? Is this food safe? Is this going in the microwave or the dishwasher? What would you use this for? How much are yeah. these? Great. Oh, man. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to happen, but Me I like neither. the idea. It's a hard show to pull off because you'd have to have fun vendors. You know, you can't have some stingy ass like... And then do they have to be, like, similar mediums? Like, the no. same medium or different? Yeah. Honestly, I think it'd be better to be different mediums because if you're right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Or across like the it. way from each other, I think, would be actually better if it was, like, a row. And you were across the way so you could yell at them from the other side. You're, like, directly across from each other? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's pretty much all, all about me, Reese, going on right now. Uh, what about you? What's going on? What's new? Um, well, not much is new, but, oh, I did. I've been making larger pieces at work, which has been actually a lot of fun. And I did um, make... Are you sore consistently? No, I've been pretty good. Okay. Um, so I mean, you probably haven't thrown as much as you did last week. Last week, you threw like forty something big pieces in one day, or something yeah, like that. I threw sixty in two days, I think. Whew. Yeah, and small stuff on top of that. But um, yeah, I like woke up the next day and I was like, "Fuck my life." Um, but um, so I've been throwing bigger stuff, and so today I was like, it "Would I really want to make a a bowl for one of my friends that hopefully won't listen to this?" But um. So, today I took all my extra clay, and it weighed out to about seven pounds, and I made this big-ass mixing bowl, and it is, if I may say so, B-E-A-U-tiful. It's... B-E-A-U-tiful. B-E-A-U-tiful. Um, so, I'm Seven pounds, that's probably a big bowl. What is that, like 14 inches across? It's 13 inches across and seven inches tall nice yeah so yeah once you go above four pounds like four pounds and like you're getting some big boys yeah and it's not thick like it's amazing how much i've improved since i've been here like nice and you're probably not trimming off a ton of that right like yeah you probably still have a narrower base and you're using as much of that clay as possible you're not leaving a bunch down there to like support the sides because you know what the like hell obviously doing. there's a thick bottom it's a bowl but like yeah yeah no 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 it's like it's, it's not like an inch thick it's like a half an inch thick all the way through not a half an inch that's too much probably like three eighths inch i mean even a half an inch though is pretty good for yeah. the bottom edge of the bowl like the bottom the where bottom, it meets yeah yeah, the sides meet the It's bottom. just, like, it's so cool to, like, throw a big one and be like, that was easy. That was so easy. It's just really satisfying, you know? Also, I wanted to say, and I was going to tell you this before, but I wanted it to have, like, a... like A, a shock a, value? Of not a shock live. value, but I wanted the giggle. Um, 
I want to hear people that are like, fuck Ryan's giggle. Like, he laughs too much. Shut the fuck up. No, your giggle is so (laughs) fucking adorable. I'm just Um, kidding. I won't stop, people. (laughs) Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, So I was laying in my bed before I came down here. Because I had like 30 minutes. And do you ever like, do you ever like, I like, okay, it's fucking chilly in my room because I have to close the door because Lloyd gets in and he pees on the bed. So I close the door and there's only one heater vent into my room. And mm-hmm. so the whole apartment's like really toasty and my room's like an ice box because oh the heater's off and it's like all outside wall I mean, exposed. That's also a really big room, right? I mean,. <laughs> It's not a, a small room. It's a big room, and it, three of the walls are either to the outside or a um, freight elevator. So, Jeez. so it's yeah, all so you, cold. It's basically like an ice box. Yeah, it's basically like an ice box. And so I'm like <laughs> in my blankies, in my sweatpants, and under like my um, Hudson Bay blanket that my Nana gave me, and like just like snuggled in there and have you ever like i set a timer at 8 45 for 30 minutes so i'd wake up at 9 15 and i was just mm-hmm. like sitting there and i was like fully awake and time was moving so slowly and it was so magical like so wait were you trying to nap or you were just trying to lay there and just make sure if you did fall asleep you got woken up correct and so, but like, you know, like sometimes when just time moves really slowly and you're like really happy about it, <laughs> like I like looked at my watch and I was like, wow, I have seven minutes. <laughs> I don't know about, I don't know that I've directly experienced that. I'm usually like waking up from my alarm and I like turn over and I'm like, okay, uh, my alarm's about to go off in about 20 minutes. I get to go to sleep for 20 more minutes, but it's like, I wish it was longer. Yeah. I don't know. And then I almost texted you and was like, I'm bailing. (laughs) Well, when you texted me, you were like, I'm in my bed and it's so warm. I wish I could record from here. (laughs) Sad face or something. I'm like, I started reading and I was like, I'm in my bed. It's so warm. I'm like, fuck, she's going to bail. And then, she <laughs> said, and then you said that. And I'm like, oh, okay. We're still good. We're still good. I didn't. Well, I bailed two weeks ago and I can't bail again. <laughs> no, I, I mean, put, I mean, we're, we're, we can have a bail like once a month. Like that's not. Yeah. Once a month, but it's already been once a month, but it's not really like you're not bailing for the week. You're just bailing for the day. And then you're yeah. like, okay, we'll record another day that yeah. week. So. But I don't want to record tomorrow, and that was what was going through my head. So yeah, that's why you. That's why we try to record early. If if there's a possibility of like, okay, let's do Tuesday or Wednesday. Let's do Tuesday because if something happens Tuesday, then we can do <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah, just in case. Anyway, that's what happened. So throwing throwing a big bowl. Is it the? Is it the red clay or the speckled clay? It's like, the it's, big. It's turtle. a work clay, right? Okay. It's work clay. Normally, I wouldn't use work clay, but I was like. Had a little bit of extra, and I probably shouldn't have used it anyway because we're really low on the clay, but um, I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were already throwing bigger things, so, like, it's probably good to be in the groove of throwing that. Because, I mean, all the clay bodies do a little bit of different things with, and you probably, that probably has a little bit of grit in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely want some of that when you're throwing seven pounds of a bowl. 
Right. And I was, um, she asked me if I wanted to do the bigger bowls and I kind of wanted to like try one out to just to see, um, and the bigger bowls are six and a half pounds and, uh, I threw seven. So it was good to see that it's like not going to be an issue at all. Okay. So. Yeah. Those big pieces are the big bucks, right? Yeah. The, um, the everything bowl that I was doing this last time is $8 and, um, the bigger bowl is 12 Damn. Yeah, and if that's a workout, though. I mean, if you're making like, I mean, you're you're probably making twelve to fifteen of those at a time, right? Twelve to sixteen or something like that. Yeah, like the the everything bowls. I had like twenty on my list for yesterday. So, but also I got it down to like three and a half minutes per bowl. Damn, that's pretty fucking good. Like that's that's if I may say so myself. Like I think that Dusty did his in four minutes. And I did mine in four and three and a half, so. Nice. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that, and that's even ribbing off the sides. Sweet. That got, that got me thinking. When do you? Uh, I know this isn't the been the it's been on the back burner, but are you at all thinking about world record throwing stuff like? <laughs> As I'm biting off my split end on my hair. Um, (laughs) Um, no. No, (laughs) I need to get to it. I will. No, no. I mean, we got time. I mean, you're just refining your skills more and more the the more pots you throw. So, I mean. That's true. Um, Yeah, no, I want to get to it. I don't want to rush myself, and I want to, like, be ready. And I want to make sure I get the right clay and, like, what I'm doing with it. I just feel like I'm finally kind of like getting into a groove, so I want to kind of like, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, you're coasting a little bit, but you're yeah. It's good to coast. Yes. Don't push too hard. Don't you know, take it too easy. You're just yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to burn myself out. Yeah, challenging yourself just enough. Yeah, but yeah, I I it does feel good to know that like. This year has definitely been a progress year. Yeah. So. I mean, shit, when you throw... Didn't you say you threw, like, 15,000 pots already this year or something like that? Holy shit. Yeah. That's because I saw some Instagram guy, and he was like, I threw 18,000 pots this year already. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, like how many Does he make and sell them himself? Or is he a production potter? I don't know. I can't remember who it was, and I don't follow them that closely. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Next year I'll do more. This year I had a hard time. There was some moments that were uh, not conducive to my health. So. Yeah. Guess who's back? Back again. Marble's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Everyone report to the dance floor, to the dance floor, to the dance floor. Now, everyone report to the dance floor. Now, stop. But you have a time. Do, 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 <laughs> I think that's a different Eminem song. It is. Okay. That was my Eminem song. There's no pajama time. Um. All right. What's next? Uh, oh, um... We should probably do a, uh, are we doing a what would you do if? Yeah. Bringing it back. Back again. 
<laughs> Segments back. Tell a friend. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what would you do if, Ryan, what would you do if you met your favorite potter in the wild? Okay, so I got a feeling if it's my favorite potter, they they might not know who I am. So I would proceed with caution because I know it can be freaky if you go up to somebody that you don't know or that doesn't know you and you're like, hey, I know you. They're like, who the fuck are you? Right. Um, so I would probably say, hey, I follow you on Instagram or hey, I follow your stuff. I really like what you make. Um, I enjoy it. And I get a lot of value out of seeing your stuff. It's pretty inspirational. That's probably kind of what I'd say. Nice. I wouldn't make it awkward. I'd just be like, hey, I'm, you know, I really follow your stuff. My name's Ryan. Thanks so much for all that you share. Something like that. I like that response. Keep it short and sweet. I wouldn't try to take their time and stuff. and Short and simple. Yeah. Just let them know I appreciate them. I appreciate you. That's what I appreciate about you. Um, <laughs> I think that I would say I would be like up top, give them a high five, and then walk away and then turn around and be like, you're a badass. And then that's it. <laughs> They're like, is that person just having a good day or what? <laughs> I always like it when people come to the, or at a show or whatever, and they're like, oh, I follow you on Instagram, or, oh, I, you know, I think it's cool. We don't usually get to the, like, who are you, what do you do, kind of thing, but it's like, you know, they know me. Totally. I think it is very cool. Especially if it's a customer, because it's like, they don't really know much about pottery, so they're like... Oh, yeah, I started following you like two years ago. It's nice to see you at a show, blah, 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 blah. Or they're like, oh, I came to the show because I saw you were going to be here. And I'm like, social media works. (laughs) Yay for social media. And then if they're like a customer, I'll be like, yeah, you probably know a lot about the process of like how this gets made. So um, whatnot. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And there was like a mother daughter at my last, not the show today, but the Mm -hmm. last show. And they were like, um, the daughter was like excited to see this stuff. And then she was like, yeah, I shared it with my mom a, a while ago, and she's been following it, and now she's obsessed with it, because I think the daughter, like, makes pottery. Oh, cool. So she's like, oh, yeah, like, she likes her stuff, so. Yeah, that's So they awesome. ended up getting things at the show, so. So nice. wholesome. Yeah. So you just give them a high five, and then yeah. shout back, you're a badass, and they'd be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, that's what I would do. You're a badass. Okay. <laughs> or so, that would be inappropriate. I was going to say slap them on the butt as they go by, but that's probably inappropriate. Good game. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that'd be appropriate. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Alrighty. So, onward. Onward and upward. I, I want to read a quick review just because we have so many and I appreciate them. All right. I'm sure you do, too. I do. All right. This one's an oldie. 2020. Wow. Kembo159. Boom. Keeps me company. This podcast really grew on me. 
I don't always agree, and sometimes I yell at my phone as Beck and Ryan discuss things. But that's what makes it fun. <laughs> I've been binge listening to Wheel Talk as I'm in the studio. It makes me feel like I'm hanging out with other potters without having to do any of the work of actually socializing. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Kimberly from Out, of, out to Sea Pottery. We will always be here for you if you don't want to socialize. Thanks, Kimberly. I wish some of my friends would be there for me when I don't want to socialize, too. Love it. All right. Okay, Becca. we're going to questions now, aren't we? Yeah, we got some questions. They're grouped up. They're they're related to each other. They're generally about process. Um, okay. How to improve your throwing techniques and also like some finishing techniques. So. First one came from JDT Ceramics, and it reads, I was wondering if you guys could share some tips for throwing thinner. I think I'm decent at throwing a cylinder and turning it into a mug, but if I want to move on to wine glasses, I'd like to throw the rims thinner. But as I'm practicing, I keep effing it up. Are there any tips you can share? Yes, there are tips we can share. Um, Becca is the wine glass queen. I'm the wine glass whisperer. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so what I would suggest is don't worry about your walls being thinner. Worry about your rim being thinner. So like, um, when I throw a wine glass, I actually throw the big, I'm sorry, the computer's doing something very strange. I actually throw the base pretty thick and the walls pretty thick. And then I just thin out the rim and the second to last throw that like pull that you should do. Ooh, I'm sorry. Um, the second to last. Becca. Wow. The second to last pull that you should do, um, when you go up to the very top, just pull it very thin on the rim. Like, not super thin. And then the, then the last pull that you do, it should thin out even more. And that's how you get, like, a really thin uh, rim that's, like, a glass-like feel. But you can also do um, a push down on the rim at the last pull, which, if you have a thicker rim, you kind of, like, push it down at an angle on the um you can put your like pointer finger down and then just kind of like push it down so that there's like a little bit of an angle into the rim i don't know how to explain it uh it's like if you had i kind of know what you're talking about like a straight wall on the outside of the cup and then it goes at a 45 degree angle down and then for like maybe uh and two like a quarter of an inch and then it goes straight down again yeah and you would do that with your finger or would you do that with like a metal rib i would do it with my pointer finger just like you can kind of okay. like spin it in there but i prefer doing it the first way that i said where i i actually when i do a wine glass the first pull that i do is the wall height and then i make it thin on the rim and then is, I do my what's the pull. what's the shape on the first pull first pull is a cylinder it. it's a straight wall cylinder yeah, first pull is a straight wall cylinder with a thin rim, and then the second pull is my shaping pull, keeping in mind that I only do two poles for a wine glass, but um, my shaping okay. pull where I go out on the bottom with a nice lower belly and then come in with a top so it looks like a wine glass. You okay, know? so you're doing that in two poles. Yeah. And are you, um, one thing that I tend to do with mugs is like, are you like, lightly compressing the rim each yeah yeah i compress it a little bit on the first pull okay and then the second pull you got the body 
you got the you know kind of bulbous shape so it's already got that mm-hmm. wine glass look and then you do you do a third like refining thing or is I that don't. just where you just just adjust the, the lip yeah. a little bit i don't but like you know I don't expect almost anybody to pull a wine glass in two pulls. Right. Um, how, I, and how many ounces are you starting with for those? Twelve. Normally? Twelve ounces, okay. Well, for Rebecca's, I do twelve. For my personal ones, I do fourteen. Okay. So. so if somebody were doing a third pull in there, are are you do you still recommend the shaping on the second pull, or do you recommend the shaping on the third pull? I think that it, that's easier to say from the back because, like, it doesn't matter how many pulls you make it. Once you get to your height, your um, so like your third to last pole should be a uh, your height pole. Your second to last pole should be the shaping pole, and then the the last pole, and like that height pole would be the one that has the thin rim. Um, I find that trying to make your rim thin on your when the mug is completely done and over with or wine glass is really difficult to do because you're already like kind of like at its max. So mm-hmm. if you refine that first and then like do your shaping and kind of bellying out the bottom, it's a little bit easier. Okay. Because it's, it's also like, there's not as much support if it's already got that kind of bulbous mm-hmm. shape to to right. thin out the rim. It's very fragile at that point. And it's probably going to exactly. collapse if you do too much or if there's not enough water or yeah. any little bit of torque can like collapse it. Yeah. I'm, and then when you're doing your pulls, like if, when you're doing your shaping pull or your refining pull at the end, um, you just want to make sure that you kind of just skip the top. Yeah. You know? So as you're, if you like thin it out early on, each pull you're like are you letting off like half an inch from the rim yeah Yeah. like my fingers will still go over it but there's nothing that it's doing there's no pressure okay yeah and then you'll just do like a light compress just in case it like gets out of whack now you want to make sure that they're not too thin you can make like a a, like a razor thin sharp rim and that is not ideal that will chip super quick and it will also cut your lips um so don't do that. You want it to be a little bit rounded. Remember that when clay is shrinking, it always gets smaller, obviously, because it's shrinking. But, like, that means all your points are getting sharper. All your rims are getting thinner. So you want it to look a tiny bit thick, probably, like, an eighth of an inch when you are... Um, an eighth of an inch? Yeah. Wet? Okay. Yeah, an eighth of an inch is not. Yeah. Sick. I was thinking like. I was thinking like a qu- an eighth. Okay. Yeah. So, so like an eighth of an inch or to like, you know, you probably want it to be, yeah, uh, maybe a or... little smaller than an eighth of an inch, and that's gonna shrink down to a like a really appropriate size, if you were drinking out of something like glass. Yeah. I was thinking a glass. One is about an eighth. And it's, yeah, an actual glass is not an eighth of an inch thick. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, very, very specific shape. Um, okay, rims thinner, not effing it up. All right. 
Sweet. Yeah, the only time that I, like, have to thin something out like that that I am more conscious of is, like, the oil bottles because mm-hmm. I don't want them too chunky because it's not going to hold the stopper as well. Like, I kind of yeah. want a really clean rim on that. So I usually end up... I'll typically end up cutting off the lip. Makes sense. And then I'm... Usually after I cut it up, I might do like a slight pull and that will thin it out just enough. Yeah. To to make that rim about, you know, an eighth yeah. of an inch or a little bit more than that um, wide. And then I can, you know, the stopper will fit in there nicely when I do the oil bottle. So. Okay, cool. I like that question. Do you want to read the next question? Yeah. Fairly new potter here. I'm sure there is a reason behind why you indent the bottoms, but I'm not sure why that is. Is it better to indent them rather than leave them flat and sand them smooth? I'm curious as to why, and I always learn so much from you both. Thanks in advance. Uh, That's Pine Bug Pottery. So when I responded to her, well, what do you think? I don't indent my bottoms. The only ones I indent would be, I I don't think I indent any of them. You're the indenter. Um, indenter. I I do the flat bottoms, and then I sand. So, yeah, I would think you would indent because as it shrinks, it's gonna, it's gonna kind of, um, it's gonna bow down. Yeah, it's it's gonna kind of bow down. It depends on how wide the base is and how it's drying and stuff. The only times I see the bowing is like on my yarn bowls that are yeah wide and flat, and I tend to um, flip them upside down when I dry them. So the bottom is, you know, drying and they do bow a little bit, but I end up putting cork on the bottom. So it doesn't, it's not enough to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I indent is because, uh, when I was learning, it was taught to me that you should always have the least amount of surface area on a table. So is that just to reduce crack, uh, like scratching? scratching? Yeah. On the table. And uh, water rings, if there are any water rings. So, um, yeah, because, like, if you, you'd rather have a water ring instead of a water circle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, that's really what I said, like, found, you know, that's what happened. But um, I don't think that there is any reason why, really, you should i mean especially if you're sanding if you're sanding them down fuck it like do a flat bottom like you do you boo you know it's like do whatever you want some yeah some people do make sure uh, it's not wobbly yeah there's a i think there's a potter near me in cincinnati i think sam hitchman dents his in and i want to say he does it he does it probably on like a bisque mold or something like that and they're they're like nice they're smooth and stuff but Mm -hmm. it, it gives it a nice like look to it yeah. Especially on the inside. I think he does like a little kind of like that little spiral like on the inside bottom yeah. of his mugs and like it's actually like textured so it looks really cool on the inside yeah. and the bottom's smooth so it's like it's it's nice and concave. It's yeah it's pretty cool. When I dent my wine glasses, it's really nice. Like they look really nice. You yeah, know? it's not just like it's not like flat and then it's like dent. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's like a on purpose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's up to you what you want to do, but that's the reason why people usually indent, in my experience. But, yeah. Um, I mean, some people also do it for, like, the signature. I mean, Cherico mm-hmm. does his. His is, like, stylistic. Oh, that's also, I'm going like, to say this. I don't like those. I think they 
Say it. <laughs> Look at your face. Oh, you're like stopped. Oh, well, Becca, enter Becca. Hold, hold the phone. Wait before you say this. Hold on. I think they're sloppy AF. I also, I think a lot of his pieces are thrown off the hump too. So there's yeah. probably a functional reason too why he does the feet yeah. like that. Oh yeah, Besides I'm sure that design, it helps with any, S cracks any, too. Yeah, and he does his signature inside that inset foot, which I don't know if the signature is something that would stick to the shelf or not. Yeah. It's it's just personally it. not my style. It's not my thing. But, you know, like I said, you do you, boo. I mean, Obviously, it's part of his signature, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's his work, and that's part Obviously, of how Obviously, it's not hurting him. <laughs> no, I mean, he could sell his pieces for what he sells them for, that... You know, yeah, it's a way to distinguish yourself for sure. If it's something interesting, it, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like a little like, hey, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, what I will say is the shitty cups that I got, the ones um, at the Berea Craft Show, the they are indented a lot, like a ton in the bottom, and they are the most annoying thing ever. Like. I love a good indent. I love using them with that really heavy indent in the bottom. But then you put them in the dishwasher and they just hold all of that water. <laughs> and it's, it's just not, like... It's not quite like a wine bottle indent, but it's like half a wine bottle indent. It is a wine bottle indent. It's like on the bottom it's of the wine. It's that is, indented? It's so bad. It's like super indented. And so like <laughs> I dump like I dump like an ounce of water out of it every time I pull them out of the dishwasher. So... Maybe um, it's so you can like measure a shot in yeah, the foot on the and then dump it oh, into that's something else. Smart. They are glazed on the bottom. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's my that's my pet peeve about indentions. Sometimes I also have seen, as we're talking about it, I have seen people put feet when they put feet on the bottom of mugs. They put a little notch in the foot so that if they do go in the dishwasher, water flows out of it, which is. A good design, if I may say so. Yes. Yeah. There's a potter that I have. I want to say his name is Owen because the bottom is like the way he trimmed it. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can spell out Owen in the way that he carved it with the O, the W, yeah. E if you turn it sideways, and then N if yeah. you use a portion of it and all that stuff. So it's like there all the water flows off of it. There's no water sitting. I want to say it's contours and clay or cut i want to say cousins and clay maybe something like that yeah who knows but yeah definitely keep that in mind if you are uh... okay maybe that maybe that ties into this next question what would be a great way to learn finishing techniques maybe how, how do you finish most of yours shitty cups fancy cups um uh, I finish mine by trimming the bottoms of the fancy cups, and then I will sand the walls once they are bisked. And your trim, when you say trimming, are you trimming them to a smooth, like rounded, or are you trimming an actual foot on them? I smooth round with an indented foot. Okay. So it doesn't look like it has a foot on it, but it is indented on the inside. And it's indented with a tr- from trimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah. And then shitty cups and pinch pots and stuff like that? Shitty cups are just um, cut off the bat and indented in. And then... uh, um, Do you still use that, like, bisque ornament to indent some of those? Okay. You're not indenting with... You're not, like, using your thumb and going around it. No. I use a bisque ornament. And and then pinch pots I trim. Yep. Okay. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the thumbing off the bottom edge as much as I can. Um, that's really just for speed and efficiency. Um, I don't want to spend the time. I mean, by the time I trim some of these things, like I could tap center it on a foam bat and trim it in like 35 seconds or 45 yeah. seconds. But I still have to stamp it and all. Yeah, I, you know, I generally thumb things off. And what that what I mean by is if it's leather hard or hard leather hard, I just support it with my left hand. And then I use my thumb of my right hand to go around the foot and smooth it out so that it's a nice curve to it. and It's not sharp. Yeah, I roll my bottoms. I roll them on the table. Yeah. I haven't got the and hang of that. I've injured. tried it before, but, like, the clay... It depends on how much clay's down there, I guess. It, it like, tends to fold up. Yeah, I don't mind that look, so some people might. Okay. But, yeah. It, I mean, it makes it a nice line for the glaze to stop and, like, pool yeah. a little bit, just in case. Yeah. If you can get the hang of the rolling. Um, But, I mean, I... You also depend on how you're finishing. You need to be conscious of that when you're throwing the piece. For one, if you're going to be trimming, you got to leave enough right. clay to be trimmed, and you got to be like, okay, how thin do I need to leave the bottom? Because am I going to trim a foot on this, or am I going to wiggle wire it? If I wiggle wire, I've been wiggle wiring more, um, which means I do need to leave it a little thicker, probably a quarter. No, not quarter of an inch. Yeah, maybe a quarter of an inch, maybe a little bit. Three-eighths of an inch. Do I need to start bringing a tape measure to... I have a tape measure. This is my box tape measure that I use. Um, Yeah, like quarter, three-eighths of an inch or so thick just because I have various thicknesses of wiggle wires. And I feel like customers don't generally, like, care as much about the wiggle wire bottoms. They're Mm -mm. they're just like, oh, I want this, and they see the price. But they're not like, oh, that's amazing. Um, Yeah. Some people are like, "Oh, how'd you do that?" But it's very—it's like five percent. It's like but, what I uh, what I said at the Indiana Clay Conference that I feel like a lot of people were like, "What?" Um, I was like, "Please consider your customers. Like, if you are making a thirty-dollar mug that's not going to a potter, are they going to lift it up, look at the bottom, and be like, why isn't this sanded?' Like, no, they're going to feel if it's smooth, and that's it. They are going to look at the bottom." But that's because they're looking for the price. And that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I generally, like, even when I started getting the sanding pads and sanding some things, like, I was putting some fucking elbow grease into these things to sand them for, like, five minutes a piece. And, like, I have to tell the customer, like, hey, you should feel the bottom of that. It's really, really smooth. I sanded it. And they're like, oh, it is smooth. Yeah. nice. Yeah, like, but it's <laughs> like, do they understand the justification of the price? <laughs> yeah. Like, can I charge $5 more because I sanded this thing? Or, yeah. 
or not. So I think it depends on the, for one, the look you're going for as well. For me, it's all about the time and efficiency. Yeah. Like I like to produce a lot of pieces and have enough in stock so that I'm not running dry. Um, so finishing techniques are quick for me. I'm not trying to put a lot of effort into them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I do trim like bowls, but I'm throwing them, you know, flat bottoms, making sure they're thick enough that they're not going to, they're not going to warp and they're not, you know, they're not going to crack and all that stuff. And then, um, I'm trimming the outside edge and that's it. Yeah. And then just use a, I just use one of the yellow mud tools ribs to like smooth it out and make it nice and smooth before it goes to greenware and bisqueware and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I keep it simple. And then keep the only simple, other ones stupid. that I, the only other ones I do fancier are the carved mugs. Like I will do that like faceted bottom. Mm-hmm. That's the best name for it, I guess. And that's just mainly that's a way to just remove excess clay that's too hefty. That's how I initially started doing that. It was to cut away clay. And I probably need to share a video of that because I feel like that would be interesting for people to see. Um, so fast at the bottom. And that's that's a little more refined. And it's like people do tend to notice that a little bit more so than like a sanded bottom. Um, and then my Scrafito mugs, I do like flip those over, make sure they are underglazed or slipped on the whole thing. And I do carve the bottoms of those. But those are very specific pieces that are know priced appropriately for that extra effort and that extra look but i wouldn't say that you know i'm i'm looking to do finishing techniques like that on everything to say like this is my signature it's more like oh i'm doing it on certain pieces so that it's like oh this one's a little different yeah Okay, the last one. Another question. Could you all? It's the same concept, but could you all talk about butts? What makes for a professional bottom? Does it have to have a foot? Does it have to be trimmed at all? I think Ryan thumbs most of the things, and I do too. Which forms need to be trimmed? Shanks, guys. Goodwill ceramics. So pretty much a lot of what we've already talked about, but um, I don't think. Which forms do you think need to be trimmed? I would say bowls for sure. Like, can you cut away enough clay that you would not need to trim a bowl? Yeah, you can, but it's hard. Um, Bowls need to be trimmed. And I would say tea bowls, if you're going to go that direction, have to be trimmed. Because tea bowls, uh, I mean, tea bowls generally have to have a a trimmed foot, right? Yeah. You can't have a tea bowl that's got a flat bottom on it. If you're going to knock off... (laughs) Oh, that was not okay. Um, I'm not going to finish that. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're going to do a T-Bowl, do it right. That's all, That's it. That's all I have okay. to say. I didn't even know what you were going to say, but okay. <laughs> I trust whatever you had in your mind of what you were going to say. Just trim it correctly, please. Um, yeah, put a little effort into this when you're, yeah, don't, if you're making a form that specific, like there's people that charge hundreds of dollars for these things. Like there's yeah. a, like this, actually, this is a little tea cup, tea bowl cup. It's got a cute little foot. Looks like a sipper. Yeah. Whatever. You know, um, you know me, maybe, maybe a, you know me. 
teacup? Yeah, sure. Do you know the differences of those? No. <laughs> I think Unomis are generally taller than they are wide. Oh. Uh. And, like, Chihuahans are more like the bowl-shaped ones. Can we please have somebody who's actually, like, well-versed in Asian-style ceramics? Like, tea bowls, teacup, um, tea bowls, whatever, um, those things that he just said. Please contact us, because I would fucking love to hear your thoughts on stuff. That would be so much fun to interview you about that. Yeah. Because I went through, like, a whole thing this last year about, like, Asian, uh history within ceramics specifically like japan and china and uh it was very fascinating but it was all red late at night so <laughs> nice anyway yeah um what um uh, anything else about this question like what would you say would like make something look unprofessional or like uh, okay make- yeah Yeah, because really I think that you determine what is professional to you. Because you could have the shittiest looking cup there is, and it could sell for a billion dollars. You know, like, that's the way that the ceramics world works right now. So um, I think that you need to determine whatever... I think that it just needs to fit the pot, you know? Um, Yeah, like if, if, for example, if my pot is... My pots are kind of wabi-sabi a little bit for Mm -hmm. you know some of them and they're like they're metal ribbed so if i did that or if i did like the spiral bottom if i were to like do a trimmed foot and like make it super super smooth like would that go with the outside of my pot right like it probably wouldn't yeah it might look a little off so yeah you got to kind of like figure out what what base you want but it has to look nice like or it has to fit the aesthetic. Like, if your aesthetic is grunge, you know, kind of, like, messy, not, like, put together, then that's what the bo- the base needs to be like. Um, now, what I would say is if it's got a crack in it, that there's literally no excuse for a crack. So, um, no, yeah. crack kills. Crack kills, guys. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like... You know, if if your pot is more of a messy style pot and you want to just cut it off and leave the swirl at the bottom from cutting it off the hump like Ryan does with his little shot glasses, that's fine. You just have to, you know, let it be, uh, let it work with what it's got. But if you're throwing like a perfectly smooth sided wall and you have it cut off and there's a tiny little swirl at the bottom from the cutoff, like, wire that's not gonna fucking fly like trim your fucking piece like yeah if it's super super smooth like it looks like it came out of a mold you can't have a like you you can see the wire yeah yeah i think it's definitely just up to whatever you're doing and um professionalism as far as pottery i think is just completely thrown out the window yeah i think there's like do you think getting into the wire thing like I I started using those dirty curl dirty girl pottery tools 7 inch thin ones. Yeah. I mean, I've been using those for a bit, but like You're I welcome. really love those. I think there's a there's definitely a gamut of wire cutoff because when you when you cut off stuff with like a really cheap wire, you can like really see every line of that wire. Yeah. 
dude and that's seven it's not inch. A, it doesn't look as nice yeah i've been telling i told uh i told link that she really needs to make a five inch if she could make a five inch cutoff wire that'd be fucking dope because like they have a three inch and a seven inch like why don't they have a five inch but yeah the the ergonomic thin wire from dirty girls is so nice like when i got the orange yeah that's the one that you have yeah yeah um when i cut off my wine glasses the shitty cups you can't even fucking tell they're so fucking smooth on the bottom like yeah do you uh this might be good for people do you cut off with the wheel spinning or do you cut off with the wheel stopped so for the shitty cups i actually cut off after they're almost leather hard really Mm -hmm. so you leave them on the bat take them take the bat off the wheel and you like do it the next day yeah, so or like I wait, at the end of a throwing session? I wait for them no, to be not. like a little bit firm and then I cut them off. The reason being is that sometimes when you cut off right away and leave them on the bats, like I don't want to move the cups mm-hmm. because wine glasses tend to warp if you move them after, like if they have a thumb indent. Yeah. So I leave them on the bats well, and I don't cut off at all. How are you finishing them though? Are you trimming them? No, I cut them off, and then I roll them on the table, and then I indent them. Okay. But why... Is why it, wait? Ha, have you had them stick to themselves? Yeah. Like, stick back to the little patty that's on the wheel? Yeah. Or on the bat? Yeah, and then when you pull it off, it, like, pulls off part of the little bottom part. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to avoid. Okay. And is your clay a smooth clay, or is it... Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, that's where I tend to have those same things. And that's mostly with marbles blocking the microphone. Um, that tends to be, like, I'll see that with spoon rests, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I I cut those off immediately, but... I'm surprised you I, cut them off. If I was doing spoon rests, I would just pop those fuckers off. Like, just let them But drop. they... But they... I don't know. They're super sharp. Like, I would still have to... I wouldn't be able to thumb them off. I would have to, like, dry sand them off with or a metal rib. Or sponge them off. Mm, I've never or sponged them. Or rasp them I mean, off. Uh, that's more work. I'm not going to rasp them. Um, what about the... Yeah. I, my my speckled clay pops off much nicer the next yeah. day when I, I... I wire everything. I'm not leaving anything on yeah. the bat. I've l- left stuff on the bat before, but it... I don't know. I just don't like the result of a lot of the pieces that I do that on. Yeah. But um it could be just how I'm undercutting them. Like if you undercut it at the right angle yeah, then it, it pops wouldn't off be so correctly. Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah, yeah the I wire tool is definitely I nest. definitely pay a, a fair amount of attention to the shitty cups like when I throw them so that if I just cut them off and they completely dried or they just popped off on their own that you would never know like okay it looks like i trimmed it yeah and you gotta have you gotta have the right bat for that too like if you have a bat that's super flat or if you have like those black plasty bats if you have it on the wrong side it could be like the textured side so a lot of the plasty bats though are pretty smooth on the side um on the one side do you know what our plasti bats do after a while? Which is so weird. It is so weird. Um, every one of the production potters at work has had this happen. So we cut off, right? And then use pot lifters. And um, 
the plastibats form its own little mound in the middle from like pushing in the plastic of some sort. So it's got a like a little tiny like two inch hump in the middle of the bat. From where the pot lifter did not make contact with the plastic? Yes. So it's slowly grinding away the plastic as it's you're... Slow, well, it's slowly, like, moving the plastic in somehow. I don't know. It's not moving it. You're, it is. you're grinding it. You're sanding it down by pushing metal onto it. No, because the, it. the middle is higher than the outside edge. When you say outside edge, are you talking about the entire outside edge of the bat? Like, where you wouldn't even be putting pot lifters on it? Right. Okay. I was thinking you meant, like, from where you start the pot lifters and scrape them in and then pick them up. No, it's got, like, a mount. Like, and it's a visible, okay. like, one-eighth inch mount. Okay. And they don't have, like, wooden pot lifters because they're not thin enough. And, uh... Yeah. So we're thinking about maybe, com- like, trying to figure out how to make an aluminum bat that you could use over and over that wouldn't grind down. Hmm. Yeah, I, I use speedball bats for all my stuff. But I can see how those bats, how any kind of plastic bat would get agitated from constantly picking stuff up with metal. Yeah. you're scraping it on the bat, so. Okay. But yeah, I, I generally cut off with the wheel spinning. Yeah. Because I, I just feel like it looks cleaner than just mm-hmm. do like, stop, cut. Because you get, like, even the subtlest lines and stuff. Yeah, it definitely depends on what I'm throwing. Like, if I'm throwing, like, a wine glass, like, today, I'm going to cut, um, I'm going to cut it spinning. But if I'm throwing something big and I have to cut under the bottom of something that's, like, seven inches wide, I'm going to stop it and cut it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a a bowl that I'm throwing on my, like, seven and a half inch square bat, I'm going to cut that when it's stopped. Or, like, spoon rest, I'm going to cut it when it's stopped because I can't. You can't do that with a square bat. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're really playing with fire there. So Isaac says hi, by the way. Hi, Isaac. Hi, Isaac. He's trying to figure out his, his uh, squeebly. Um, okay. Yes. What are we doing next? Like, what if we... What, we're, what? we're an hour in. I feel like we... Do, do we cut it here and do another episode? Or do we just... Do we keep going with another question here? We, we got some another... more process questions. Do you know another process question? Yeah, let's do a process question. Okay, well, here's one. Um, this is kind of finishing related. I'm helping a friend learn the basics of hand building. Well, he told me recently that he's been working at his home on his own, on his own, and then, and that when the form he's working on is bone dry, he figures he still needs to work. He'll grab the sandpaper and work down whatever bump is bothering him. Is there something that I was? It's something that I was never taught to do, nor was I... What? I'm fucking terrible here. Nor was I thought not to do it, taught not to do it. So I'm throwing it to the professionals. Is there any... I don't know if we're professionals. Is there any reason that sanding a bone-dry pot should be avoided? Is it neutral? Keith Thanover. That was a fucking shit show of a read. You should have read that one. I don't know where it is, or else I would have. Well, it's it's right... It's right up here. Okay. You got uh, the gist of it, though. Sanding dry, bone-dry pots, yes, no, why you should, why you shouldn't. Yeah, so... Making adjustments to things that are bone-dry, basically. I could have sworn we already answered this question, but um, 
I mean, we've talked about it. But the biggest reason you shouldn't be sanding bone-dry pots is because of silicosis. That's the biggest reason. So silica is um, the in clay, and when it's airborne, it stays airborne for 24 hours. And when you inhale it, it gets stuck in your lungs, and it cannot be, it cannot ex- escape. So, um, uh, and you can Google the rest of that information. But, um, yeah, so the main part of not sanding a bone-dry pot is because of the dust that it provides. If you are going to sand it, don't sand it with sandpaper. Sand it with a scotch pad. I will say that. Use a scotch pad. It's going to be a little bit easier and smoother, and it won't bug up the sandpaper. But if you are going to sand it, make sure you're sanding it outside with a mask. Um, a respirator, not just a yeah, mask. well-ventilated. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do have to do it inside, have, like, an air purifier thing. But there's still going to be yeah. dust, like, produced. You're not going to get away from yeah. dust being produced. Definitely do it outside, though, if you can. Um, I mean, gen- and also, like, what are the, like, reasons why you wouldn't... I mean fragility like the pieces are super fragile when they're bone dry so you don't yeah. want to like mess something up if you mess something up and you break something chances of you getting that thing like Back reattached together. or whatever is pretty slim so yeah. and if it's just a little rough put some water on it like use a sponge and try to fix it with some water because that'll actually be a little bit probably mm-hmm. a little bit better anyway so and depending on how the details are, I mean, you could always wet sand it when it's bisque fired. You could. It depends. Yeah, it depends. Um, but yeah, I would say if they are gonna, if they're dead set on dry sanding, go outside, wear a respirator um, when they're gonna do that. So, uh, yeah. All right, Keith, you got it. The reason you weren't taught it is because it's not something to be taught. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of talked about it before. Like, I mean, it it might be a comment where you're like, "Don't touch, don't sand bone dry pots," or like, "Don't do this." But it's like getting in that conversation of all the reasons why, and like some class settings you might not be taught that, but you probably should be. But a lot of students are not going to be doing pottery for ten years or whatever, however long past that class. So yeah. it might be something that gets breezed over, but it's still important to know. Do you want some other studio practice ones? Do you see the studio practice focused? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to pick one from there? I was just reading those. I started reading one. Hey guys, love your, love your podcast. It gave me the courage and knowledge to start my own pottery business recently. Things are going well. Was able to pay rent this month without a second job. Congrats. Thank you for your accessible and per- pertinent knowledge. Do you have any suggestions for trimming tool care? Oh, this is good. This, this I didn't even know that it totally, completely... Um, goes with what we've been talking about they get dull and i'm getting more pull on my pots while trimming which leads to more escaping pots from my wheelhead okay Ooh. groundling ceramics yes groundling ceramics first off if you want to avoid 
doling tools, try to be trimming your pots before they get past leather hard. So once they start drying up, that's what's trimming, that's what's like doling up your tools. Second off, have you had, have you ever used like a whetstone? No. What, what is that? It's like a, it's like kind of like a knife sharpener, but for like, oh, oh it is a knife sharpener, I guess, but like, yeah. It's got you've, like a 6,000 side and a 10,000 side. Yeah, we use them at, at work, and you can sharpen up your tools if you want to, but you just got to make sure they're wet and clean. Um, I personally think it's just cheaper to just buy them but, um, and better. To just buy another tool? To just buy new ones. Um, also, if you yeah. are using – if you are trimming at more of a hard stage, you may consider using a different um, – hold on, I'm going to cough. Okay, sorry. Um, consider using like a different style of tool. So maybe one with like a thicker band or I mean there's a there's a range of tool like hardnesses and Yeah. Like I've got a couple I think they're steel. I haven't quite got the hang of those. Um, where it's like a it's like a teardrop shape and it's like a it's a right angle. Yeah. Like, you really got to understand how to use that. And I can't quite understand it. But um, I usually use... I use a lot of the same tools over and over. But uh, Mud Tools Do-It-All tool is probably my go-to trimming tool. That used to be my go-to trimming tool, hands down. I love that tool. I mean, you can definitely see when it's wearing because it is curved in where you trim all the time. Yeah. (laughs) but what's nice about that is that you can kind of turn it over and like use the other side if you yeah, need like to. Yeah, like the right angle one, yeah. you can use all three sides of it pretty efficiently. Yeah, and it's not really, you know, that out there to to use it on all three of those sides. And then like the rounded side, I usually I like to use that for the inside of the foot if I'm trimming something with an inner foot. Yeah, but um. I mean, trimming tool care. I'm not. I'm not sanding anything. I'm not really like. But I do keep tools around for quite a bit. But I'm also not trimming a ton. So yeah. I mean, if if I had to trim all my pots or most of my pots, like I would probably have more advice for trimming tool care. But I mean, I'm generally like cheaper, cheaper tools. Like I like the. I got a couple Kemper tools that I use for my trimming. It's just like a like the triangle kind of shape. Yeah. Um, Diamond Core has sent me some trimming tools. I've used them. They're pretty sharp. Um, they're not my go-to number one trimming tool because, uh, you know, Mud Tools has a... I like the angle of the Mud Tools of, like, how I trim certain feet. Yeah. Like, having the right angles to get into the crevices of, you know, rounding off the foot or, you know, getting a nice flat inner foot. I like certain tools for that. For sure. Have you ever tried a bison tool? I was actually, what's funny is that I was just looking those up because I was trying to see if he had them up for sale or not because I need to buy a new one because uh, I want one. <laughs> and So you do have one? You have one and you need to get another one? Yeah, so I have one that's a paddle, essentially, I guess, or like, you know, like the end of the do-it-all tool. I have one that's a. It's a paddle. No, it's just like a solid piece of metal. So it's like. 
Oh, it's it's flat. Yeah, it's, it's like flat. flat a flat piece of steel. Yeah, a flat piece of steel, and it's fantastic for trimming dry. And that's how I trim most of my stuff is like almost dry, leather hard to almost dry. So, um, but I'd really love to have one that's just a regular uh, trimming tool. Trimming tool. Um, because they are just fantastic. I keep mine in a sunglass case. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never thought of that. That's a great size case for it. Yeah. Because they come in like a box, right? They, they come, come in, like in a, a little... box. Bison tools are 90 to $150, somewhere in there. It's like, They're expensive. They're not cheap. Um, and if you drop them, they shatter. So because the metal is wound so tight. But what the benefit is is that they don't go dull. And if they do, for some reason, go dull, then he'll sharpen them for you. And, um... Wow. Yeah, like, he will sharpen... Like, it's something about... Yeah, I don't know. But, um... Yeah, so he'll sharpen everything for you, and it's, like, $10 or something. You know, real cheap. Um... It's made out of tungsten carbide, which is very hard, dense material. And as it says, as a consequence, it is somehow or somewhat brittle in applications. And these are unsupported slender sections are extended out from the end of the little stem. So if you did drop it, they're going to shatter. And that actually happened to one of my coworkers at Gravesco. She had a bison tool and it was magic. Like if there was any pot mm-hmm. that was too dry, it was so easy to trim them. And then it accidentally fell on the floor and it shattered and it was so sad. But the, and, and it's cause the wood handles are like lathed, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't have a flat spot. Like if they just sanded a flat spot on it so that it sat flat and yeah. didn't roll off. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's like the, that's the cream of the crop trimming tool, right? Creme de la creme. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's the best. Um, for sure the best tool that I've ever used and it, but it takes time. It takes time to use it too. Like, um, it, I got it first and I was like, I can't fucking trim with this. Like everything's chattering. So, um, if it's yeah. too wet, if you're holding the tool at the wrong, like position, like angle towards the pot, it, it's a, a steep yeah. learning curve for the learning of the, the bison. I think that's the problem I have with my flat ones like you have like the teardrop one Mm -hmm. i try to cut it like at a right angle to where it's like cutting perpendicular to the pot but i don't know if i'm supposed to like angle it a little bit like there's a fine line of you know the angle you have to cut it at and the the hardness like i think i was cut was trimming it at like soft leather hard or like leather hard or a little bit dry leather hard and it was um it was chattering a little bit, so, and then I just kind of gave up on it. I stopped using it, but I still have it. <laughs> um, but I'm sure it would be better on my white clay that's that's smooth and doesn't have grog in it. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Oof. Bison tools. Also, like, um, if anybody's going to Enseca this year. Oh, I think Merritt's going. Maybe I'll have her buy me one. Because he's going to be at Inseca. But his website has no tools right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, where's also... He, where's he based at? Is he based on the West Coast somewhere? Um, I don't know. Or Northwest or something. 
Yeah, I don't know. Also, Dolan tools are great. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I haven't tried any of those. Dolan tools are phenomenal. And it's a woman-owned company, which is cool. Um, so if you're going to use a tool, that's what I would recommend. Like They were at uh, ClayCon West a couple years ago. Yeah, she's really, really great. And... Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, we use those at work. Use Dolan. Yeah. I'm trying to get Marvel to sit in my lap. She's just right in front of the microphone. Come on, sit down. Sit down. There you go. Marbs. All right, trimming tool care. Let's see, what else do we got? We got one more here. Let's see. Sorry, we're kind of ad-libbing here, but I think these took a little less time than we thought to answer, so. I didn't Better even know we you. had a plan. I mean, I had a general plan. Um, <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to... Uh, those are those are kiln questions. All right, let's do this kiln one because I feel like this might be relevant to people's studio practices. Um. Oh, hold hold on. Let's do this bat one here. Okay. Jody's just taking up the the questions here. Question for Becca and maybe for podcast too. I just got a job to make dinnerware for a local restaurant. This was one of my goals for the business, so I'm super excited. Anyways, I'm thinking through the process and I'm doubling my shelf space and also need more bats. I was wondering what y'all's opinion are on bats, especially for plates and larger bowls, plastic or masonite, pros and cons of each. I'm thinking to help minimize warpage, masonite bats might be the better move since they're absorbent, so it would help uh dry more evenly super low humidity here right now and things dry out faster even under plastic plastic bats don't necessarily increase warpage but the humidity issue where it makes me think the bases would dry even slower than the rims and increase likelihood of warpage i'm about to drop a couple hundred bucks so i figured i should make a better informed decision after seeing what y'all think thanks um on another thing too oh another thing too masonite bats have holes at 10 inches so any issue there with making plates, or is it not an issue because the little bumps will get trimmed either way? Hmm. Jody from Good Wheel Ceramics. Bats, bats, bats. Bats, bats, bats. You know what's funny about this is that I, um, I told him what I would go with, and he went with a different one. <laughs> So what'd you tell them? What was your recommendation? It, th this is specific to dinnerware, so it, it was for for bigger stuff, right? Yeah. So I would go with a, a masonite bat. He went with the plastic bats. Um, I think that the plastic doesn't absorb enough. And you have to cut off. I've never cut well, off. Well, the plastic doesn't absorb anything, right? right That's obviously. the idea. Obviously, I know that. But, like, um, but, oh, no, Siri, no. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, I would always go for Masonite. Now, we got some Masonite bats that ha have been real shitty. Like, super shitty. They've been, like, pulling off and getting fuzzy in the middle, like, immediately. So, that would kind of wow. suck. Yeah. But, that has to do with how they're coated or something? or Yeah, I think so. If they're not marine grade or not. Or do um, you have to flip? Is there, like, a good side to the Masonite bats? Or a bad side? There is not. I mean, if they if they're double sided masonite, they should be the they should be the same, right? Yeah, they should be fine. But uh, yeah, so the I'm sorry. What do you What do you Okay. What do you use for all of your right? Uh, well, I guess one we one use good. all masonite masonite. Okay. The reason I don't like plastic for plates is because you have to cut it off. And I don't like cutting off plates because then you potentially could cut through the plate. And it's a fucking pain in the ass to cut off plates. Because um, you got to take your splash paint off and you got to yeah, make sure that you have the right thickness the of wire. And it's... Yeah, so I would always use Masonite. He got plastic, which I'm sure he did fine. It would be fun. Jody, you need to let us know how the plastic went. I'm sure it's fine. Like, I would probably still let him just dry on the plastic honestly and just dry them low and slow yeah yeah plates in larger bowls i have i have like five masonite ones maybe six yeah and i don't use them i got them i got them secondhand from somebody i think i got my wheel from somebody and they happen to have these masonite ones oh my gosh marble bit me in the arm um so, I mean, they are good for, like, smaller, like, spoon rests and bowls and stuff. Like, they do flex a little bit. Yeah. So that's good. They are round, and I think they're 12-inch ones. So, you know, I, I'm not using them for big stuff. But I do like the the absorbency. Like, I do have to add water to them first to make sure that it'll stick right. Marble. And, um, like, I do, I do like it for that. But Yeah. You know, the, the plastic is my go-to for everything else because I use the speedball ones for everything. Um, and I like the flexibility. Like, I can still flex those even if they're 14-inch or 12-inch wide bats. Yeah. They're hollow on the bottom. So, like, there's no there's no holes for the wheel head like a plasti bat has. And I can, you know, do a little flex with it, which I've made plates on them before. And, like, they're pretty good. Like, if I was to have a plastic bat, I would choose that. Not mm -hmm. even because they gave them to me, but, like, the flexibility, like you said, like, getting them off if I were to... Because I would still cut them. I, I like, how would you... Because I generally trim an inner foot on a plate, so is it still as doable if you, like, let the plate pop up yeah. to trim an inner foot? Or is it generally going to be a hard, leather hard when you pop it off? It'll be leather hard when it pops off. Um, as far as the hole is concerned, I've never really had an issue with the hole because, especially if you're pulling out past the, the holes on the bats and then you're moving in i don't know anybody that has an interior of a plate that's more than 10 inches which is what the hole's at you know interior like inside the foot like the base or... yeah like the base of the foot you know yeah i mean the base of the foot would have to land exactly where those holes are for it to be a problem right yeah or like yeah actually yeah but I mean, you're gonna cut, you're gonna cut it off. Yeah, even when I was doing, well, yeah, if you're gonna cut it off, who fucking cares? Even when I was doing um, uh, cake stands, 
I would throw it with the foot, like with the hole, and just kind of like sand it down a little bit. Okay. Oh, you would throw... Oh, I got you. You would leave it on there. Yeah. And then when you popped it out, the little Mm -hmm. tabs came out with it? Yeah, and I just kind of like scoot it down and sand it down a little. Yeah. What about like bowls? Does it make a difference? I know you all throw, I mean, you all still throw those on Masonite, like those big, those big bowls, those everything bowls, like. I threw those on my square bats. Yeah. And those bats are what? Seven inches, seven and a half inches. Seven inches. That's impressive. The, um. So wait, are you, when you throw it on that, are you going out past seven inches at all? Or Mm -hmm. you're, you're keeping the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I pull out past seven inches and then I. (laughs) <laughs> um and then i <laughs> sorry <laughs> i didn't even notice that until you said i was like all right all right uh, all right becca i pull the base of the piece out over the um the pinholes and the bat holes and then i uh push it back in and use the bat as kind of like a Oh, wait, do y'all, do you have the, you use your bat system, right? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. So you still have like one big notch in it? Yeah. And then there's clay that collects in there as yeah. you open it? Yeah. Okay. And that's not terrible. No. Yeah, I've tried to use the ones that I have with four notches in it. That's a fucking shit show. Everything is like, it's Oh, just, yeah. I mean, that ugh. would probably get caked in there, right? Ugh, it's terrible. So, yeah, but, um... Yeah, I just go outside the bat system, and it's fine. Um, But I've never had an issue with the bat holes. Like, I don't know about other people, but I've never had an issue. I certainly would, like, if it it was my... If you were to give me the choice of, of plaster, masonite, and plastic, I would go masonite, plaster, plastic. Plastic would be my absolute last choice. If you're making the pieces that you make now, is what you're saying. The if I'm making pieces? plates. Oh, plates. Okay. Yeah. Does it matter the plastic, though? Like, are you talking plastic bat? Are you talking about speedball bat? Are you talking about... I mean, those are the only two plastic bats I know of, but... Yeah, I don't know. Plastic bats are f- fucking shit. I hate plastic bats so much. Um... I got a... Um... <clears throat> I got, like, a makeshift bat system from the guy that I bought my last wheel from. Oh, Yeah. It's that, like, wooden one that he made. Yeah. And he has tiles. Yeah, but yeah. They're, I like, hate tiles. They're, like, glazed. Yeah. So, like, ain't no flex of those tiles. Like, oh, and they God. ain't absorbing anything. So, can I tell you? Can I tell you that we... Okay. I throw... We have two things that are wide and low that we throw on bats. Okay? We have an incense burner and we have a Palo Santo burner. Okay, I throw the Palo Santos, Sarah throws the incense. Sarah throws so many fucking incense burners, and she uses tiles. She uses the six-inch glazed tiles in her bats because Rebecca got them for, like, for three cents each. <laughs> and they are literally not worth the price. Like, <laughs> they... <laughs> you said they're glazed, right? So they're, yeah, they're glazed. They're glossy. They're so they're not... shiny. They're shiny. It takes... She cuts off. She literally cuts them off. Okay? She cuts them off with a wire, and we can't even get them off the fucking bats after, like, 
So why, and they're so they're, what's the what's the proportions of this? I don't understand the size of it, or to help people understand it's the size. It's probably of like it. four inches wide, on the base. Okay, so it's kind of like a spoon rest sort of. Yeah, yeah, like a spoon rest width. Yeah, and she like cuts them off, and if we don't hit it at the exact right time, we can't even get them off until they're dry. Like, it's <laughs> so fucking annoying. Like I was like. Literally, we should not be even using these tiles. They are straight from hell. And, like, they have no give. You need a little bit of give. Yeah. You almost need to, like, sand it or something. (laughs) Or just chuck them and find... so bad. Like, I wish we could just find some bisque tiles, like, that were cost-effective, but we can't. Yeah, bisque would be great, right? Yeah, you can get bisque tiles from... Yeah, you can get bisque tiles from bisque imports, but, like, the glazed tiles, man, those are fucking terrible. And I can't Why doesn't even... she do them on masonite, and then the masonite would we don't dry, have enough... and then we they don't... would pop off? We don't have enough masonite bats, and also she doesn't like the feeling of masonite. She says it feels like chalkboard to her, so... Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you've got to wet it, right? Yeah, you, you have, have to, to wet, wet the masonite. Do you actually wet it, or do you like dip it in water and then put it on the wheel, or? No, no, just with a sponge. You just sponge. Yeah. I just clean it off, and if it's clean enough, I don't clean it at all. But um, but yeah, it's just like they're so fucking terrible, and I can't even throw on them. I started throwing the patty bowls on them, like the bowls from one of our customers, and I was. Are those ones that you use the the wire picker or the pot? lifters no they stay on the bats and i was using the tiles like at the beginning when i was didn't have my bat system at work and i like the tile just kind of throws me off because it's so smooth and um it just throws everything a little bit off off kilter and it just didn't work for me yeah i threw a handful of things on it i've got there's two different bat systems for that there's like tiles that are about six inch tiles or seven inch tiles mm-hmm. like i think there's six inch tiles and then there's tiles that are maybe 10 inches or eight inches i have not broken those out yet i don't know if i even want to try them yeah and honestly that bin that i have them in is so fucking heavy <laughs> they're there's really probably heavy. like 50 tiles in there and i'm like this thing is gonna break my back you know what if i was gonna throw anything on those tiles i'd throw spoon rests on them figure out how to like really cut them down so they're not sharp and just mm-hmm. let them let them be <laughs> let them pop let them pop i might do that um because yeah, they're really nice and smooth on the bottom like when they do pop off and you don't cut them how would you sign those then just don't don't sign them. just don't sign them um maybe yeah maybe we'll figure you something can do out an underglaze stamp yeah Maybe that's possible. That's yeah. for sure possible. Yeah. Underglaze stamp. Company. You get like a rubber stamp. Yeah. Okay. Might have to try that. I think Jody actually uses a underglaze stamp for his stuff. I used to. Yeah. Underglaze stamp. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've got the those tiles and I'm like, I haven't even broken them out. But the the actual like system is fitted to that wheel because the the bat pins on it are not actually at the they're not at the 10 inch thing they like got drilled specifically for that wheel yeah i mean you could retrofit it you could probably drill holes in your own wheel head but you probably wouldn't want to yeah um 
But if I gave these to somebody and like, you know, here you go, here's a bunch of bats and, or, uh, you know, whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay. I might, oh. maybe we'll see if that's doable because yeah. I, I think I'm going to have somebody help me throw some spoon rest next year. Nice. So we'll see how that works. I might have to do that. I, also, it seems like you could use a sharper tool to undercut those. Because generally, I wouldn't use, like, metal tools to undercut. I just use wood ones, so it's not degrading to the bats. But uh, I could use a metal one, right? Yeah, you could. Do you know what... Do you know what tool I use is the JA-17 from Kemper? I can send you one. JA-17. It's a wood tool, but it's really solid, but... They've been, Kemper has been shitting on their quality recently, so you have to, when you get it, you kind of have to sand it down to a point, but, also, I can I, you're talking about. can That's I just, considered a sculpting tool, that thing doesn't even look sharp. Yeah, well, mine is. I got like 15 of them, <laughs> because I used to buy them oh. for all my students. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, well, uh, big ceramic store. I'll just send like you one, right? I'll just COVID-19 one. message. Please note, we are closed for business due to COVID-19. I'll just send you one period. in a little flamingo package that I have. I just I just wanted to see what the shape looked like. Yeah. Or you can just bring it the next time you see me. That works, too. Um, What I will say... Oh, I was going to tell you, this is com- kind of off subject, but not really. Um, So I got a... Did I, I told you about the kick wheel I got, right? The locker beat? Yeah, have you yeah, have you got it in your studio? We have it right outside the door. And I know. Does it actually fit through the door? I think that's where we, we haven't left checked. off last time. We haven't checked. Um, <laughs> we oh, don't so have you're time. gonna be doing pottery demos in the hallway. It's Christmas time, okay? Give us a break. Um so anyway It's I, Christmas time in the city. Uh so I got the the um splash pan from the locker bee and I was like fuck yes I'm going to put this on my wheel at work because specifically my wheel at work is a, the wheel head's a little bit wider and so I tend to get holes in my aprons because of the wheel head because my stomach is touching it because I'm all the way up on the wheel and so I uh, we say wider like it's it's like a fourteen inch. It's wheel fourteen head, inch, though, right? and I'm used to okay. a twelve inch. And so okay, um, so I put on the splash pan, and it kind of works, but it hooks it like scoots all the way up to the the wheel head, and so it's you know metal on metal, and it's really di- yeah, disgusting sounding. Sounds terrible. So. Uh, <laughs> I found out on the Lockerbie wheel, it has like a little stop on it, like a little S, like C clamp kind of that stops it so that it just stays put. And it so just hits that, yeah. I looked under the bottom of the uh, Soldner, and the Soldner has a little guard for the wheel spinning. And so I put um, two little corks on the inside of the splash pan and mm-hmm. pushed it all the way in and it's my little guard it like guards it it yeah it like pushes it out just enough to where it doesn't touch yeah it's just like a, a quarter inch that it pushes it out yeah i saw that in your stories and i was like oh man that is so tight of like a fit yeah like you're like that splash pan is catching water and only water there's no clay getting flung off into that no. splash pan, right? No, but I don't, I don't, there's no clay anyway. Yeah, so. it's, 
Yeah, you're just, you know, you're so fucking good. There's, there's no clay. <laughs> like, the amount of water that I put back into my bucket at the end of the day is, like, a, a sponge full. <laughs> like, I, like, tip it over, and it's like, meh, and that's it. <laughs> and I clean it out. It takes two seconds. <laughs> yeah. You could almost, like, go around a class and just look at somebody's splash pan and be like too much water too little water yeah you know you know though i found not enough water on your hands because there's a bunch of clay scraps in the thing so it's like flinging off or yeah mary is a really messy potter and so is sarah as far as like how much water they use and dusty was fucking terrible like he would use so much fucking water i use way less water than anyone not in terrible as in you can't use a lot of water, but it's, like, excessive. It's, like, he used a ton of water. Because he was always, like, how do you not, how does your bucket not, like, empty? empty? And I'm, like, my bucket stays the exact same level the entire time I'm throwing. The amount of clay that's coming into the bucket is the amount of water that's coming out. <laughs> like, like, that's it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the girls at work are, like, I don't know how you don't have a splash pan. Or even the splash pan that I now have. Like, how it's not barely anything. Yeah, because, like, I would say Brent is one of the go-to, like, catching a lot of water. and. Yeah, Brent's good, a hardcore splash pan. Good for that, yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> Alrighty. Yeah, I saw you use, you use those, like, corks or whatever, right? Yeah, E6000, those corks onto that splash pan. Oh my gosh. That was a zero dollar fix for a hundred and fifty dollar splash pan that I traded for two cup two fancy cups and four shitty cups. Love it. And I told him I was like, Matthew, I would have traded you just for this splash pan. Worth it. <laughs> 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 Worth it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Do we have anything else? No. I think my clicker thing is messed up here. I'm about drunk. I've drained this bottle of water. All right. Do we do we want to answer another question and get Becca more drunk here? <laughs> no. No. Uh, my my clicker's not working. I don't know what's it's going on It's also 12:10. It's time. Uh, yes. It's time. It is time. Does the clicker work now? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Hey, we're connected again. There we go. Hooray! It's back in business. Okay. All right. Did we uh, did we mention that we're gonna? We already said we're gonna be a clay con, but it's in the works. It's not confirmed. Confirmed, but it's mostly confirmed that we will be doing a podcast live at ClayCon West because one of the artists had to duck out so i i texted joe and was like do you want us to do a podcast yes so. i think we'll be doing wheel talk live at claycon west which is exciting yes so we'll have it we'll have a topic in mind we'll share it and then we will likely have a lot of listen a lot of questions out there you know what we should do is a drinking game podcast like where we have to take a, a sip every time something happens you know like what happens? I don't like know. We, we, 
We should do that, though. We should have, like, a drinking game, <laughs> like, podcasts that we do one time. The, the, the listeners drink, too, right? Yeah. Not just us. Yeah, but it would be fun to get fucking smashed. At, like, 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning before I have Hell to talk yeah. at 3 o'clock? No. Hell yeah. No, yeah. He was like, do you want to do all of your things on the same day? I'm like, absolutely not. I was promised whiskey. I feel sorry <laughs> for the attendees that have to listen to... For reals. They're like, these people the, again? <laughs> the two, they're like, do it. Is this, like, sponsored by Wheel Talk or what? Like... <laughs> Like, what the How many fuck? bones are they throwing you all? I mean, come on. These people are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you again? You again? Get off the stage. You're annoying as fuck. <laughs> and I will be driving all of our stuff to Wheel Talk or to um, Claycon West, hopefully. So we don't have to shit. It's a long drive. I am not yeah. going to be involved in that. <laughs> He's like, I'm not jealous and I'm not going to be involved. Thank we you. will be flying. Also, this is a fun tidbit for people that don't care. I became an Indiana resident this week. I have my own. You did. I got a driver's license. I have a license plate coming in the mail at some point. Nice. Crazy. Love it. Crazy. I don't know if I announced it on here, but we officially closed on the house. Like, yeah, you did. We're one house down. One house down. Fuck yeah. Down to one house. You know Love what's it. funny is that Rachel is now above you in the sharing portion of, you know, how, like when you share a story in Instagram, Rachel's above you because we keep sharing house stuff. So you're saying when you go to share a post, Rachel is the first, or uh, maybe not the first person, but she's she like is above one you. Of, yeah, she's above me. So you share to her more than you share to me. Yeah, sorry. I mean, you only share to me cat stuff. For the it's most true. Part, so. And whenever I share you cat stuff, I share it to her too. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, All I right. noticed that tonight. Anyway, uh, we should get off before we make a fool of ourselves or me. Specifically. I don't know if that's already. I think we're past that, but all right. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We yeah. appreciate it. We appreciate all the questions. Thanks for sending those all the time. Yes, thank you we so like much. We like answering them. They guide the conversation. Yeah. And we can also ad-lib because you all send us so many that we can just be like, all right, these are uh, related to that. Let's answer these. So. Yeah, when we're too tired to have a... Um, keep them keep coming. Yeah. I actually have a really good idea for an episode. And, oh, I'm going to say it on here before we end. Because it would be really great for people to send us how long it took you to be good in pottery. Like, what you what? feel like is good. Yeah. You know? Until you're, like... Comfortable. I'm good. Yeah, yeah you're, I'm like, com comfortable. I'm, like... not. I'm trying to think. Uh, not content not confident co yeah confident or like something else with a c that i can't think of confident competent 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 yeah um it'd be great to for you guys to let us know how long it took you to be competent because um <laughs> You're still figuring that out <laughs> yeah well just you know reflecting on 
being at Gravesco for a year and like before that knowing as much as I did and then you know being here for a year and like how much I've learned so yeah anyway we should leave okay bye all right bye yo yo higgity yo it's Becca here hey just so you know thank you for listening and also we have what do we have again a Patreon. We have a Patreon that you should go and if you want to donate to, you could donate to it. If you don't, that's cool too. But um, just Google Wheel Talk Podcast Patreon. Don't do the other one because uh, there is a Wheel Talk on Patreon, but it's not us. So make sure you get the right one. It's and in the show notes. It's in the show notes. And also, um, leave us a review because they're fun to read. Okay, bye!